Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To contact us, call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. Now here's Joel Van Hoogen. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 22 through 24, we have described a scene in heaven that's going on today. It makes note that the born-again child of God has already arrived on this scene. In Jesus Christ, all of his followers have been given a place in heaven, and in this place the angels are celebrating with joy, and we are gathered among them as co-celebrants in the greatness of God and the goodness of his heaven. And all this is ours now. The Bible speaks of books that will be opened at the judgment seat. And from these books are recorded the names of those who are damned and lost. And in these books, we're told, is an account of all of their works and deeds by which they'll be judged. And so these books are going to be opened. The names of those that are damned and lost will be listed in them. And the reason for their lost estate and the intense degree of judgment will be placed upon them is all recorded in their works. But the Bible also says there's something other than these books of judgment that are there. At that point, there's also a book of life. And in the book of life, they're not looking for our works. They're not looking for a list of all the things we've done. It's just looking for our names. If there's any work that's listed there, it's not our works. What might be listed under the name is all the perfect works of Jesus Christ and all of his utter righteousness and all of that has been accounted to us. And because of that and because we've received it, our name is recorded in the Lamb's book of life. I think it works like this. The Lamb's book of life will open it up and as you open it up, there will be a recording of all of the perfect, innocent, sinless righteousness that was produced in the life of Jesus Christ as he walked and lived upon the earth. And then bestowed under all that righteousness are the names of those who believed in him and have received and been covered in that righteousness and will be in the Lamb's book of life. The Bible says that everyone whose name is listed in the Lamb's book of life will pass on into eternity. We'll be brought up into the presence of God forever and ever. We'll receive an unfading inheritance that will never pass away. And according to this passage, we're being told, you've already come there. When you arrive here to this church of the firstborn registered in heaven, it's referring to those who now live upon the earth who have entered into the Lamb's book of life and our names are recorded there and we are secure in that place right now. And so at this point in time, it's speaking to the universal church of those who have, through their faith in Jesus Christ, under the complete righteousness of Jesus Christ, and they've been given a standing in Jesus Christ in heavenly places, And so this is the next thing that comes to our view. Not only all the angels, but all of us among them. Redeemed from every tongue and every tribe and every place. Now look what it says. And to God the judge of all. And to God the judge of all. Do you get that? God is still the judge. God as judge has declared a punishment for sins. He said that the wages of sin is death. And this is the judge's sentence for sin. It's a sentence that trembled and made the earth shake at Sinai. And God is still the judge. And yet in this passage, we're before the judge. And we're not before him in dread and in fear or at a distance. We're with him and he's with us. And we're rejoicing in his presence. And we're secure and we're loved and we're accepted as sons. Because this judge who gave that sentence and declared death for our sins... 
has also provided the penalty for our sins. It was God the judge who decreed that his son would be born as a lamb who would come to suffer and die in our place. It was God as judge who allowed all of the punishment for our sins to be laid upon him in our place. And the God who came down at Mount Sinai to prove our sins came down at the cross to pay for those sins so that we could arrive before Him even now in His presence, rejoicing in that peace. God the judge. God the judge. At peace in the presence. Rejoicing in the presence. Calm and serene in the presence of God the judge. His justice has not been compromised in any way. It's been fulfilled in every way. And now justice becomes our playground and our place of great rejoicing and comfort says here, to the spirit of just men made perfect is the next thing. Beyond God, God opens up and says, look all who are here with me now. Here's a picture of those who have actually gone to be with the Lord Jesus. This means that when we see Jesus, we are going to be brought into his perfect likeness. We're going to be perfect in every way, just like him. And so, listen, if you've given your life to the Lord Jesus, at this very moment, you've been justified before the judge. You've been declared completely and utterly righteous in the righteousness of Jesus Christ before the judge. But listen, maybe you're already aware of this. You're not perfect. You're not perfect. And the reason is, although your spirit has been made completely right as a new creature before God and you're a new creature in Jesus Christ, your body hasn't been brought up to that standard yet. Your body is still filled with the contagion of sin. It still has upon it all of the imperfections of a fallen, sin-awakened, sin-decaying body. And one day, if God should choose before the Lord Jesus returns, this redeemed, renewed, regenerate spirit that you have in Jesus Christ is going to be separated from the body and it's going to go to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And every touch of defilement, every note of decay from that body will be left behind and you'll be perfect in the presence of Jesus Christ. And then they will come when the Lord Jesus is going to return. And he's going to take that spirit and he's going to reunite it with your body. But before he does, he's going to take that body and he's going to glorify it. He's going to expunge from it every expression of sin and decay. And he's going to raise it up a glorified body and your spirit and your bodies are going to be united. A glorified body to be perfect and whole and sinless forever before God. That's the image that's being portrayed here for us. It's individuals whose spirits are righteous, but aren't only the spirits righteous, my spirit's righteous. I have the righteousness of Jesus Christ, but they've been perfected because they've been removed from the taint and decay of sin entirely in the presence of Jesus Christ. And by the way, they're waiting for their glorified bodies, but I can tell you this, they don't want their sin-decaying bodies back. There's not one of your loved ones who's believed in Jesus Christ and received Him as Savior who has gone on to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus who said, you know, it would be just nice for a little while to occupy that wretched body again and wrestle with all the struggles and temptation. No, they don't want it back. They're waiting for their glorified bodies. And before the presence of God, perfected and purged from every taint of sin, free from the taint of sin that comes upon our bodies still, They're perfect in this way. And we're among them. We can't see them, but they may be able to see us. But we have arrived with them, is what it tells us. We've arrived with them. Our communion is not completely lost with them. We're with them in this place. 
We're to live as if it's so. How do we get there? How is it possible? Well, beyond this, so we see the angels, and then after we see the angels, we see all the universal church that's gathered around that lives upon the earth today, but now is represented there in heaven, and then peels back, and there's our judge, and we're worshiping before the judge, and then the judge says, look at all these that I've brought with me, and there are those who are the spirits of righteous men made perfect, and how are we with them? How is it this community has taken place? What has affected it? Well, then we see the one who has brought it all to pass, the one who we're all gathered into one with, Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. Mediating what covenant? The covenant of his own blood shed for our sins. The covenant of his sacrifice in our place. The covenant of his mediation to bring us in him before God. In peace and in joy. At Sinai, the people cried out and said, Moses, don't let God speak to us again. You mediate for us. You speak for us. But this is one who is greater than Moses. Jesus has right now brought you and I into the very throne room of God, most holy and most high. If you've received him as your Savior, know him as your Lord and Savior. He's the one who's given us a spirit of boldness and comfort and peace in the presence of God, the judge. His spirit is in us. And his spirit whispers through us God's name as Abba, Father. Jesus has made this all possible. He is the one who's mediated for us. But what did he offer before God to make way for us and him to be secure and safe? He presents before God his wounds, his suffering, his blood shed for our sins. He presents his offering on our behalf. The blood of sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. Jesus represents us in the saving work of his death in our place for our sins. By the way, the blood of Abel can speak of two different things. It can mean two things. If you'll remember, Abel offered a lamb from his flock in order to commune and worship God. Cain refused to do it. Cain offered the fruit of his field and the labor and work of his own hands. Abel offered this lamb and brought it before God as sacrifice. I actually believe what Abel did is he brought it before the garden and he offered it up before those flaming angels before the garden. And the Jews had followed Abel's example. He'd followed his custom. So for over a thousand years, they offered up little lambs from morning to evening as a sacrifice for their own sins, recognizing God, something must pay for the sin in our place. But they would offer it up over and over and over and over again. And now Jesus has come, and he's the fulfillment and the final payment, and no other author needs to be made. Is better than the blood that Abel offers. The lamb was just a token expression of what needed to come, something innocent, something to die in our place. But here is one who is innocent and dies in our place, and the payment is final, and it's done. And we lay our hands on Christ, the Lamb of God, and the payment is over. And we are completely covered, and he mediates this finished work once for all, once for all for us. The blood of Abel can also refer to Abel's blood, which Cain shed. The blood of Abel, we're told, cried out from the ground for justice against the crime that had been committed against him. It's a picture of our sins that stir up a cry for justice and judgment. But Jesus went into that judgment for us. He died in our place, and his blood shed doesn't speak for justice, but it speaks of justice realized. It doesn't speak for vengeance, but it speaks of vengeance that was met in himself. Abel's blood called for a price to be paid. Jesus' blood cries out saying, the price has been paid. It speaks better than the blood of Abel. It can mean both. Let it mean both. 
So what's left then for us? This is where you've arrived if you've given your life to Jesus Christ as Savior. What's left is no work on your part to access this place. No hoping that you can be good enough to... What? How foolish. No defaulting to, if I just follow these rules and these regulations, maybe God will... What? You're here. You've arrived. What's left? No dread. No fear. No anguishing labor to prove yourself. No cowering either. What's left? Confidence, boldness, rejoicing, vibrant living in the city of God. Vibrant living out the promise and the life in the city of God to His glory, to His glory. And it all comes to us so simply. One simple confession, one clear declaration of faith. Oh, God, I'm a sinner under your judgment, but your Son has borne my sins and my place, and I believe in Him. And you've arrived. And you arrived. We quoted this passage last week. I'll quote it again. No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in Him is mine. Alive in Him my living head, and clothed in righteousness divine. Bold, I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. I'm so glad that you've joined us for this broadcast of the Bread of Life. Each weekday, it's our privilege to share with you the food from the table at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this message or to learn more about our fellowship, call us at 208-331-4096 or go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next broadcast, the Lord bless you.